Welcome everyone to Greencast. This is a podcast that brings practicality to being sustainable. Presented to you by the Waukesha County Green Team. Your hosts are myself, Alec Lapoidevin. And me, Laura Lauks. Today I'm sitting down with Becca Tetzloff to talk about green beauty. She is a blogger, podcaster, wife, and dog mom from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. She's on a mission to get the word out about chemicals found in our everyday items like makeup, food, and personal care products. She provides education on ways you can live a more holistic life and easy swaps you can make in your routine to naturally safer products. Check out Becca's blog, organicallybecca.com, and catch her on Instagram at organicallybecca. Thanks for joining me, Becca. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for having me. This is fun. I love connecting with some local people who have similar interests. Yeah, definitely. Same. <laughs> so let's just jump into it. Beauty products in general are a huge industry. So where do we even start with green or sustainable products? What's the definition of a sustainable beauty product? Well, I think everyone really has their own definition. And there's definitely a couple different routes you can take within it all. So it's going to look different for everyone. But I guess I'll just kind of share two main definitions. So there's sustainable and green beauty. And to me, that means kind of like ingredients that are ethically sourced. They have biodegradable ingredients. They're natural. They come with better packaging that's a little more conscious. Perhaps it's recyclable or compostable materials. So that's kind of one sector. But then there's also clean beauty. So that, I mean, there's a lot of crossover between the two. But to me, that kind of means like, you know, that might not necessarily be something that's packaged with eco-friendly materials. But the ingredients themselves are clean. They're considered safe. They're not harmful for our bodies. So, I mean, there's just, depending on who you ask, they're going to have their own definition. And there's kind of just a big melting pot of all of this overlapping each other. But um, generally, companies that are using things like green practices or clean practices, they all really have similar goals. So they're going to want to use natural, safe ingredients that are both better for the earth and also better for us. So I really just think individually, we kind of need to decide what's most important for you. Some people, they really just want to focus on cruelty-free, and they don't necessarily care about, are these ingredients, you know, super safe? For example, my main concern is really, I go for like safe and clean ingredients, so clean beauty. And then packaging is kind of my runner-up, I guess you could say. Uh, it's, Mm -hmm. It's definitely really hard to find something that does it all. So something that has really good packaging, but also really safe, squeaky clean ingredients. So there might be some sacrifices you're making, but I don't know, I guess in a nutshell, that's just my understanding of it all and how I would define it to someone who's really not familiar with it. Hmm. So there's not really a lot of overlap between those two? Well, I mean, there is, but it's rare to find a brand that really does it all. Um, There Mm -hmm. are some out there, but I think there's challenges with every side of it. So um, yeah, I don't know. There's, I'm pretty familiar with all the brands that are out there and I've definitely seen kind of a growth in all these different areas. But um, yeah, in general, it's just kind of, you really have to decide which sector, I guess, is most important to you. Mm -hmm. Where did these focuses come from? Why is it important to have these clean and or green beauty products? I mean, first of all, there's really not much regulation. So 
you hear the word natural, natural beauty. And I think most consumers probably think that there's a set definition for what that exactly means, but there really isn't. So companies can throw the word natural on a label and it really doesn't mean anything. They can still use whatever chemicals or ingredients concocted in a lab in their product. So I think that's where it gets really confusing. But um, just for example, in Europe, they ban over 1300 ingredients. And then here in the US, there's only about 11 that are banned. So it's Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I remember hearing that stat for the first time. And I was just shocked. Oh, my gosh, why? You know, you you might want to think, oh, the US has all these great standards. But no, not really. There's so much that can go into your makeup and your skincare products that is banned in other countries. So that's kind of really that was a big tipping point for me. Um, Another thing is that there hasn't been a cosmetic safety law passed since 1938. So what? Yeah, it's it. I mean, cosmetics has kind of just been on the back burner. And it's there's just so many ingredients that are coming out all the time without really being tested and they're just thrown into your makeup. And I think most consumers just assume, like, oh, this is safe. You know, a big company's got my well-being in mind, um, but really that's not necessarily the case. So that's definitely a huge reason why this clean beauty, green beauty, whatever you want to call it, is just so important in my opinion. Think of how many products you're using on a daily basis, especially women, and your skin's your largest organ. So you're just kind of, oh, how many different ingredients am I applying to my body every single day? Wow, I had no idea. That's huge. (laughs) Is there a reason for that? We haven't um, had that on the forefront for so long? Um, I'm not really sure. But I think, you know, as consumers, we can vote with our dollar. And I think more people are waking up to this. Um, This is that's kind of a huge reason I do what I do with my blog, because I think so many people just aren't aware. They just assume what I buy at the store is fine for me. It's not going to be harmful, but I I really hope that as it kind of gains traction, that maybe they will start passing more laws and start caring a lot more because it's it's huge. Yeah. So other than the chemicals, are there other problems in the industry? Like is animal testing still an issue or um, labor or anything else? Do you know of? Yeah, um, definitely all of the above. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, it's really going to depend what you want to focus on. So aside from the chemicals, um, animal testing is a big one. You really only see that with bigger mainstream brands. So I'm I'm not totally up to date on, you know, which brand is cruelty free or whatnot, because thankfully, a lot of the cleaner beauty products, they pretty much all are cruelty free. So um, I think if you're supporting these smaller, more indie brands, most of them are going to be cruelty free, not doing the whole animal testing thing. But there are certifications. If you look on a product, it'll say there's either the PETA certified or there's Leaping Bunny or there's a couple different ones for the animal testing. I'm, I'm not so, I don't know so much about the ins and outs of that, but um, Then there's also a whole sector of vegan beauty, which actually is different. You wouldn't think Um, it's kind of all under an umbrella. I mean, that basically just means there's no animal derived ingredients in the products. So, I mean, again, there's a lot of crossover with that. Most of the vegan beauty products probably are cruelty free, but um, 
there's there's just so many different little like nuances. So you really have to just, you know, if you're someone who's all about not using animal products, then that's probably what you want to focus on. But um, yeah, it's it can get really, really confusing. Um, <laughs> another one, I guess, just to go more in depth about the chemicals and, and ingredients that are used. Um, there's just so many health effects that are associated with these things. So if these ingredients aren't really being tested, there's things, parabens, phthalates, um, synthetic fragrances, sulfates, mineral oils, things that are derived from crude oil and petroleum. Sometimes things are even just so processed that be- that in the process they become carcinogenic. Um, like I said earlier, that really does add up with daily use. You might not think, oh, this lipstick's going to affect me. But if you're using this every single day, these small amounts mm-hmm. do add up over a longer period of time. So um, something I've kind of learned over the years is that, you know, I used to be totally against, oh, synthetic. But I have learned that they there are safer synthetics out there. Um, so just using ingredients that are synthetic is not necessarily bad. Um, but I think it's just avoiding these main ones, the parabens and the synthetic fragrances, stuff like that is really just important to look out for. Yeah. I don't know if you had any questions or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. With all these things to look out for, you mentioned a couple of certifications. Are there a lot of certifications out there or is it more on brand reputation? How do you know? How do you know what the company is doing? Um, There are some certifications. USDA Organic Seal is used on makeup sometimes. And that basically means 95% or more of the ingredients are certified organic. But again, that's something the company has to pay for. And a lot of these brands are small and more independent brands. So they don't necessarily have the funds to pay for it, even if they are sourcing these in- these organic ingredients. So I think mm-hmm. it's really brand reputation, like you said. Um, some brands are willing to release third-party testing and to see that, you know, the for example, they might use pigments and they're tested to make sure that those pigments don't have a lot of really heavy metals in them so that they're safer to use. So yeah, it's, I mean, unfortunately, it is really on us as consumers to kind of do our research and look into these brands because I I personally don't trust when I see, oh, we use natural ingredients, we're free of parabens, mm-hmm. and it's, well, what else are you using in your products? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what makes it really, really hard is there's so many different certification or so many different things to look out for, I guess. Yeah. Do you see the beauty industry as a whole moving towards more a sustainable or cruelty-free or otherwise cleaner products? Yeah, uh, it's definitely becoming more mainstream, um, especially because I think just zero waste and people are more conscious about environmental stuff lately that as a whole, people are starting to wake up and question, what am I putting on my body? What what are the effects of this? What happens to this in the environment? So even bigger brands, CoverGirl, they're coming out with stuff like clean formulations. Um, and then a lot of these smaller indie brands, they're getting so big that they're actually getting bought out by bigger companies. So, I mean, I personally see pros and cons to that because, you know, if a companies being bought out, that might mean more affordable prices and it's more accessible. You might be able to find it more in stores because a lot of these clean beauty products you really can only find online. 
But at the same time, I've seen it where companies get bought out and then all of a sudden they're using these ingredients that aren't so great anymore. So the quality kind of goes down. So it's, it's a slippery slope. And then something that's really just bugs me so much is greenwashing. I don't know if you've heard of greenwashing. I'm sure you have. Oh, oh yeah. I hear about that all the time at my work. But how does that relate to this industry? Uh, yeah. So I guess you could call it clean washing too, greenwashing or clean washing. So it's basically just really, really misleading where these brands might claim we're natural, we're safe, we're good for the environment, but then they're still using these ingredients that aren't that great. So this tricky marketing that really is just so hard as a consumer. I even fall for it all the time still. (laughs) You just really have to be a detective when it comes to what you're putting on your body. How do you know then? How are you able to, you know, see who is telling the truth or not? Is there actually a way? I mean, it's, it really comes down to learning about ingredients and um, their health effects and getting familiar with ingredient labels and, um, And then also just if you want to be more environmental about it, learning about the different types of plastics, learning about the different types of papers and cardboards and what's recyclable. So it's unfortunately like you can't necessarily trust, you know, I don't want to sound like a, you know, anti big company or anything, but if you can't necessarily just trust what you're hearing when it comes to marketing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I found that a lot. Um, It sounds like it's a lot more complicated in this world, though, if you don't have a lot of the certifications or other, you know, seals of approval to back it up. Yeah. And I just realized um, earlier you were asking kind of some main problems to look out for. And there are two other things that I didn't mention. There's labor. It's just really good to ask yourself, where are these ingredients coming from? How are they being obtained? What are the conditions of these labs that people are working in to assemble the makeup? Or um, are they being paid a fair wage? And then To take it even further, I know there's an ingredient called mica, and that's super popular in beauty products because it kind of, it's used a lot of eyeshadows and powdery type of products. Um, And it's actually mined in India. And there's a lot of concerns because there's child labor involved with that. So um, Mm. again, you're probably, okay, so how do I know if this mica that I'm using is being ethically obtained and yeah you know you might just have to reach out to the company directly or um usually if a company is doing it correctly and they're proud of it they'll probably have information about it on their website um but again you might just have to ask so i hope i'm not overwhelming with all this information but it's just (laughs) there is so much you have to look out for but then on top of all that um Something else you might want to look out for is how are these ingredients being sourced? Are they being sourced sustainably? So you might think hearing the word plant-based ingredients sounds really great, but just an example, um, there is this ingredient called bakuchiel, and it's becoming really popular in the natural beauty world because it's kind of an alternative to retinol in skincare. But there's concerns because it's actually an endangered species. So, oh. yeah, there's there might be over-harvesting of things or just this high demand of a certain ingredient can really, like, wipe out a species. So I think people hear plant-based or green and automatically assume it's so great. But 
well, if we're endangering things, how great is that for the environment? So it's just all very, very complicated, as you can tell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that sounds super complicated. Um, Some beauty products claim to be gentler on the skin than others. Is that um, akin to the clean beauty that you were talking about? Or is that a totally different animal? Uh, Yeah, I think... I do think natural products in general are definitely way more gentle on the skin because um, kind of what I mentioned earlier, there's things like sulfates that are used in conventional beauty products. And they're really common in things like soaps and shampoos and face washes. They kind of give it that lather. Um, But sulfates can actually be really irritating and like strip the moisture from your skin. So uh, just using the natural alternatives are definitely more gentle in the first place. And And then there's, like I mentioned earlier, this lack of regulation. So these ingredients can be used, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be good for our skin. Um, I think another one that just kind of comes hand in hand with using the natural is uh, fragrance free. So these products aren't using these um, synthetic fragrances, which people are just have really bad allergic reactions to, or it can just really irritate your skin. But Mm -hmm. I also just want to say, even things like natural organic essential oils can be really irritating for people. So Natural doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be better for people with sensitive skin, but I think just for the most part, yes, I think it's definitely a lot more gentle. You mentioned sulfates and a couple of other things. What should we be looking for in terms of the labels or ingredients or what are the red flags? Um, Yeah, so parabens, that's things like methylparaben, butylparaben. It'll just be like a really long word that ends in parabens, basically. (laughs) Um, Those are a big one. That's preservative. They've actually found those in breast tumors. Um, Oh, yeah. So it kind of like accumulates in your breast tissue. So um, things like you might see fragrance or perfume or perfume on a label. That's the biggest red flag for me, that in parabens, because um, the word fragrance, it it's actually a catch-all term, and when you see that on a label, it means that there can be up to 3,000 different chemicals just in that one word. Oh, wow. Yeah, so <laughs> you might think it's just a natural thing, but there's actually just different chemicals being combined to mimic a natural scent. So that's that's a huge one for me. I'm even just personally sensitive to really strong smells, So I just kind of avoid all that in the first place. Um, Mm -hmm. Sulfates is a big one. I already mentioned that, but what you'll actually see on a label, it's called sodium laurel or sodium laurith sulfate. Um, And that's usually in, you know, stuff that foams up. So hand soaps, shampoos, uh, stuff like that. Um, Another one is mineral oils or things like petroleum, petrolatum, paraffin. Those are kind of like waxy type things that um, they can just, they're actually just so processed that they become carcinogenic. So those are kind of like the big ones to look out for. There are a bunch more, but it, uh, you really just start becoming familiar with these after you read ingredient labels over and over. So uh, a good thing to remember is when you are looking at an ingredient label, you know, you turn a product over that the ingredients are listed from highest to lowest concentration. So things that are going to be listed first are what are most prominent in that product. So 
um, yeah, you just kind of have to start getting familiar and turn over the bottle and read ingredients. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any suggestions on brands or collections of brands that you favor that will avoid all of these? Yeah. um, I mean, I could talk all day about the clean beauty brands that are out there. There's, <laughs> we can also, we can provide a list afterwards, but um, yeah. just give us a couple highlights right now. Yeah, definitely. I'll give you a list. But Au Naturel is a good one. They're actually here in Wisconsin. They're made in Green Bay. Oh, perfect. Two birds with one stone. Yeah. Time. So they're local, but they're also, they're just really, really good about using sustainably sourced ingredients, natural ingredients, safe ingredients. Um, but they're also really good about the packaging that they use. They try to be really minimal with their plastic. Um, they try to source things ethically. Um, and they actually make everything themselves, which is pretty rare because a lot of companies outsource the manufacturing. So they control everything and they're I don't know. I just really love what they're doing. They advocate for laws being passed and all around, they're just a really awesome brand. Sounds like it. Yeah. And then there's another one called Aether. So she makes, um, it's just a single woman owned business. She actually makes eyeshadow palettes that are fully recyclable. So um, most eyeshadow palettes, they have magnets on them or they're plastic or you know, just these little bits and pieces that will ultimately make them not recyclable. So that's why these palettes are really cool because there's no magnets, there's no mirrors. She actually uses the ethically sourced mica. So it's not, there's any concerns with the child labor or anything. So I really love what she's doing. She's kind of a smaller business, but it's, it's just taken off because the palettes are beautiful. Um, (laughs) There's another one that's local. It's called Sunday Standard. She's actually here in Milwaukee. Her name's Emma. So she makes really awesome skincare products. She uses organic, natural, sustainably sourced ingredients. She's pretty good about her packaging. She uses glass for a lot of things. So like I said, I could go all day, but those are just some big ones that come to mind that are doing, you know, not only are they using the cleaner ingredients, but they're also better about their packaging. So there are lots of good options nowadays. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm looking forward to looking into those. And we'll definitely get a list from you Um, afterwards that we'll put on the Facebook page for anybody to look into as well. Yeah. um, I was just wondering, how did you get into this niche of sustainability? This is kind of a a broad thing to be getting into. I know. I And I have a background in web designs. I'm not even like, (laughs) you know, I've never been someone who's super into beauty or anything. I don't know. But um, I've actually noticed this kind of is a common thing with other people that are kind of in this little realm, I guess you could call it. But um, usually there's a health issue. And then all of a sudden we're, oh my God, I need to clean up everything and be better about what I'm applying to my body. So for me, um, it was just a lot of skin issues. I had acne. I just on and off throughout my life, hormonal issues. So nothing was really helping my skin until I was just doing a ton of research. Um, I started learning about natural ingredients and just got into a more holistic lifestyle. So really trying to fix the root cause of all these issues I was experiencing versus just covering it up, you know, with like a skincare cream or whatever. So it it really was just like a snowball effect. Um, It did take me years to fully transition to all this. And I, of course, fell for all the greenwashing, you know thinking I was using something more natural when really it, it wasn't necessarily supernatural. 
Um, but then on top of that, once I kind of learned about ingredients and everything, I really started becoming more aware about, okay, how can I reduce my waste and be more sustainable? I remember learning about the health effects of plastic, um, you know, heating up food in a plastic container and the plastic can leach into your food. But then not only like health effect wise, I started just realizing, oh my God, there's plastic everywhere. How is this affecting yes. the earth and the waste and the trash? So I would say for me, it was more ingredients first and then becoming more aware of the sustainability aspect of it. Yeah, it is kind of a whole system though, because once you start looking at one thing, it all kind of ties together. And like you were saying, it kind of moves you into the zero waste category and then moves you into the environmental conservation category. And I know. The labor and everything else. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's ignorance is bliss sometimes. <laughs> mm. like, oh, man, it was just so much less stressful when I didn't worry about this type of stuff. But I just it's really great for people to be aware. You don't have to be perfect about it. It's I think it's easy for people to get overwhelmed and think they need to all of a sudden be zero waste and have all this perfectly organic stuff. You know, just start making your little changes and eventually you will have come to a place where you're really comfortable. Yeah, exactly. Small steps. Yes. And voting with your dollar, because like you were saying, it it hasn't come up federally for a while. So we do need to actually support the people who are doing this yeah. with the good intentions. Yeah, exactly. Very well said. Mm -hmm. Are you, what makes you hopeful for the future in terms of green beauty or anything else that comes to your mind right now? Um. So I... Kind of like I mentioned earlier, I love seeing that this movement is gaining traction. Clean beauty, people are waking up and they're actually aware of what clean beauty is and trying to do better and trying to use better ingredients. So, um, but I guess at the same time, this does kind of make me worried at the same time because there's this greenwashing happening where you're seeing these giant brands start being, hey, we're clean too. And it, then people are thinking that they are. And um, it just really muddies the water. And I feel like there's these little brands that are trying so hard and they really are using these super clean ingredients and are really trying to just help people instead of just make a profit. But um, mm -hmm. it's just so confusing for us. And I mean, I'm hopeful that, you know, in a perfect world, clean beauty, green beauty, sustainable packaging would be the norm. But I think we still have a long way to go. And it's really going to be hard just trying to navigate it all as it does grow. Yeah, definitely a, a hope and a worry in the same same sentence. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this can be a, a huge issue to tackle all at once. And like you said, it can be super overwhelming. Um, for someone like me or anybody else who hasn't delved into this very far yet. So where would you suggest somebody start? What's the first step for somebody to take in their beauty routine? Yeah. So like we mentioned earlier, just start small. Don't stress about it because if you're stressing your body out, that's not healthy for you. So um, just try to take it one step at a time. But um, a good thing you can do is kind of just take inventory of the products you already own. Uh, think about what you use most frequently, what you're applying to your body most. Um, and then I think it's good to just slowly swap things out as you use them up. So like it's 
it's not going to be sustainable if you completely throw everything out and buy a whole new routine. <laughs> don't do that. That's very expensive, but don't do that. Um, <laughs> so a good resource is there's a website called Environmental Working Group. They actually have something called the Skin Deep Database. Um, so you can go in there, you can type in your product or type in an ingredient and it'll kind of give you all the data behind it and it'll give it a rating, um, kind of whether or not it's considered safe or it's a little more concerning to use. Another one is the Think Dirty app. So you download it on your phone and then you can actually scan the barcodes of your products. And then again, it'll give you a rating, um, there's one to 10, and then the higher the number, it kind of means it's a little less safe to use. And then they break it down by like ingredients. So I don't necessarily consider that a 100% reliable source because there are a lot of gaps. There's still a lot of stuff that doesn't have the research behind it, but it definitely is a really good place to start. That's really how I kind of got into it. It's just, it really helps you gauge where you're at. Um, and it's kind of fun to go around and scan all your products and <laughs> you get a Yeah, that sounds yeah, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you get a little rating. I know I've heard people do it and then they kind of get scared. Oh my god, everything I'm using is horrible, but don't don't do that. <laughs> don't get too down <laughs> on yourself, but yeah, it honestly it took me years to fully switch out all my products. So don't think you're going to do it overnight and also magically have this organic clean routine cuz that's just not not feasible. <laughs> But yeah, just start reading ingredient labels, start getting familiar with the different ingredients in your products and what they mean and what they are. Um, I guess I'll just plug my blog, but organicallybecca.com. I have tons of different resources on there. I have downloads, I have freebies, I have different guides. Um, I do have a little, it's called an ingredient glossary. So it kind of lists couple dozen ingredients that are the main things to look out for in your products. And then it's broken down into tier one, tier two, tier three, most concerning to look out for. So I think that would be really helpful for people because again, most people just don't really know what to look out for when they're actually reading an ingredient label. Um, but yeah, I just have a ton of stuff on my blog that I think would be helpful. I You can also listen to our podcast. Um, that's more about we go a lot more in depth in the, the sustainability aspect of everything. So we're the Positively Green podcast. Um, and then I also do have an ebook. So that's kind of, oh, wow. yeah, so that's um, really helpful for people who are just getting started. So it's kind of a guide to cleaning up your products and how to do it with confidence. Because I think so often kind of people might look to like a blogger, for example, and then all of a sudden... This one blogger is like, oh, this brand is good. This brand is bad. But people don't necessarily know why. So I think that's mm -hmm. really important, just being your own advocate and figuring out what you're comfortable using when it comes to your products. Um, and then lastly, um, I do offer consultations. So people can work with me one-on-one -on -one and they can literally tell me which products they're currently using, what they like about them, what they don't like. And then I will provide cleaner options and cleaner swaps for all of those products. So I'm definitely here to help. There's definitely a lot of resources out there. Um, I think, like I said, start small. And the first thing you can do is just start. So yeah, that sounds great. That's a lot of good resources. And we will definitely put a lot of that on the Facebook page. and anywhere else that we can. Um, I think we're going to leave it cool. there. 
Thanks for joining me, Becca. Thank you so much. This was fun. Make sure to check out Greencast on Facebook, where we post the most up-to-date information, release episodes, provide a lot more resources about things you heard on the show, and have conversations about episodes and sustainability in Waukesha, Wisconsin, and beyond. Also, if you're interested in the Waukesha County Green Team, please check out our website and Facebook page and come to one of our board meetings. They're always open to the public. Greencast is produced through the Waukesha County Green Team by Alec Lapoidovin and Laura Lauchs, with help from Stacey Balsley. Our theme music is by Dan Krill and Emma Kopel. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, sustainability starts with all of us.